Hey, and welcome back to another episode of SCGA Off the Hosel, presented to you today by the Palmetto Shop. I'm joined, my name's Alan Knight, I'm joined by my man, Kirk Page. Kirk, what's happening? Not much, man. Well, actually, a whole heck of a lot. We've uh, been pretty nonstop with SCGA events, which has been awesome. Yep. Uh, We're back full swing, you know, finally getting past, you know, the COVID-19 protocols and finally get back into touching flag sticks and bunker rakes and and doing all that good stuff. So Having lunch after rounds now? We're we're almost back to that point. Yep. We've uh, we've been doing the box lunch thing, but it's uh it's getting to a point now where we're ready to go back full swing, so hopefully in the next couple of months we'll be moving on and and just running tournaments as normal as we did in 2019. Yep. Let's go away from deli buffets. Everybody knows I hate a deli buffet. I I tell you, man, there's there's a There's there, some good ones out there. I'm there just there's some great ones out there yeah. but there's some that the players don't necessarily want so yeah. we're uh we're ready to get back to the uh to the old barbecue and there hamburger sliders and whatnot that's right so last time biff and i recorded you were at musgrove running the four ball correct yep yep and we had i thought it was a pretty big victory it was a huge victory a huge victory it was a uh, pretty special for those guys pretty special for us yeah um you know, I know a lot of people will say, you know, what they used to do, and obviously, yes, they did it for a living full time. But now, yeah. now both of them are, I mean, they're working just as hard as as we are doing everyday jobs. So they don't play as much as they used to, not nearly as much as they used to. So right. it was fun to watch them get out there and do their thing. And I mean, it's just, uh, it's great to have have them in amateur golf competing again. That was Brent De La Housie and Charles Warren. It was. They beat Michael Sims yep. and. Uh, Michael Sims and Jay McAllister. Jay, uh, is that one of Tom's sons? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Sons. Man, that's a former SCJGA shootout. I know. Well, it was kind of, it was it was pretty neat. You know, those those guys are all all big names growing yeah. up, you know, yeah. between their, their college, their junior golf days and their college golf days and, and, you know, whether they went professional or not. Now they're back playing SCJ events. And honestly, yeah. I think they had the time of their life getting back together, playing that final round, which... I was not there. Biff had actually come back. That's kind of his thing to come yeah. back and run that final round. But you know, I think Biff got to experience a little bit too, just watching those guys be back at it. I mean, it's it was it's just awesome to see. So when we were were recording after round one, I said, "You tell me, Dale Hussey and Charles Warren aren't leading, you know?" And, and they can they came back to win, get medalist they honors. Did, they did. Yeah. They they ended up squeaking out the medalist honors, but you know, they didn't play overly great. They didn't play overly great, you know, to get there. But you know, it was right. again pretty pretty neat for them to, to to get it and to award them the plates for the medalists, you know, heading into the match play sessions. Yep. Did you uh, have any super long matches, marathon matches? Not really. I mean, we had we had one go to twenty two holes, I believe. But okay. other than that, we yeah. we got actually got super lucky. We only had one in match play that I believe that went extra holes, and that you know how that usually goes. Oh when yeah. You're trying to. When you're out there trying to turn and burn for the afternoon matches, you you feel like you've always got like four or five matches that are going like 25 holes, and you're like, please be done because of you know you don't want to run into weather, you don't want to run into darkness at that point in time. So yep. it was uh, it was pretty crazy actually through that throughout that Friday and Saturday to get everything done as quickly as we did. That's not usual for the four ball championship. No, the, the one that comes to my mind was. Josh Gallman was still at USC Upstate, and him and a gentleman, his teammate's name was Robert, blonde-haired kid from Columbia Country Club when I worked there. Remember, at Camden, and they went, it must have been 27 holes. Oh, wow. It, and Gallman, look, not, I'm not saying pitiful, not the right word, but he was drained. You're beat down at yeah. that point. Yeah, and then he was dragging, walking, and then he'd step up to you and boom it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it was, it was, I think that's kind of one thing about the four ball, that you bring in the – 
the mid-ams or the you know the senior golfers and the junior golfers they're all pepped and ready you know they do it all the time so they're out there you know as long as they're winning they've got the the stamina to keep it going but yeah. you, you look at those you look at the mid-am guys or the senior guys whenever they're playing 36 in a day and once they get to the saturday afternoon rounds they, oh, yeah. look, they, they need a huge glass of gatorade right but uh the two guys at Gallman were playing was they were they had the bikini front cooler on the cart oh wow and had it full of mick ultras i believe wow. so it uh it was young men versus the guys who were hydrating heavily yeah you know yeah and i want to say the young men advanced but you have breaking news to an extent don't you i do i do actually the um the mid-am four ball uh, which was a huge event in uh 2020 um at bulls bay golf club but this year is actually going to be august 21st and 22nd uh at bulls bay last year we had gone and done the top 12 exemptions from the previous year plus a couple club exemptions uh and then we had done it based on combined index uh and you know we ended up having to turn down close to 100 teams which is never a fun thing for us to do at the golf association um so what we're actually going to do this year which is super breaking uh, we're actually going to do two qualifiers to get into that event. So we're we're actually still going through the application process, trying to figure out exactly who's going to get in based on exemptions. But then after that, everybody that is going to get in will have to go qualify for it. So it will not be based on the combined index. So it's a it's a lot more of a fair way to do it. It's something that we feel like we've got to do. Something yeah. that we feel like is necessary for. Uh, you know, for for every golfer that's trying to get into that event, you know, just that so they everybody's going to have a chance to get into the mid and four ball. Um, so again, handicap combined index does not matter. You go out there, you compete your way to get in, and then you go play the big tournament at Bulls Bay. Is it Bulls Bay again this year? It is at Bulls Bay. Man, I'm at to try. Where it's, the qualifiers? Uh, first qualifier is going to be. Uh, at Three Pines on okay. July 19th. Yep. And then the second qualifier is going to be July 21st at Crowfield Country Club. Okay. Uh, so we did, We wanted to do one in the upstate, which obviously Three three Pines right there in Woodruff. Yeah. Uh, and then Crowfield uh, right there in Goose Creek, so, uh, which is which is pretty close to Bulls Bay. We wanted it to be where guys didn't have to travel to the center of the state. They can at least go upstate or lower state and, and have a chance to qualify. I like it. Smart. Good move. Thank you. Thank you. So now everybody needs to get their calendars out. Because Kirk's going to reel off some dates, some important dates. So, closings, openings. Yeah, so we've got uh, the big one, obviously, is the mid-end four-ball application. It's going to open up on uh, June 11th um, for qualifiers and for exempt players. Um, again, you're going to have to have a Golf Genius profile, as we've been doing the last couple years. So, if you haven't got it and you want to go pl- try to qualify or play in the mid-end four-ball, just make sure you've got that Golf Genius profile done. Uh, Deadline-wise, we've got two two big ones, uh, one major one. Um, the lefty-righty is going to close on June 9th, and that is a Wednesday. And then the big one, the South Carolina Amateur Championship, will also close on June 9th, uh, and that is at 5 p.m. So make sure you set your calendars to June 9th at 5 p.m. Eastern Tan- Standard Time. The Amateur Championship deadline will close right then. That's two days from when this episode airs, so get on it if you want to get in don't yeah. miss it we already talked about it with biff don't miss it do not miss it that's uh that's one of those that we're uh very very strict with that 5 p.m rule so make sure you sign up by 5 p.m that's right that's right we got anything else is that everything that's pretty much it uh for the month of june um tournament wise we've got 
Father uh, son. We've got father son that's coming up. The deadline has actually already occurred uh, for the father son, but we got right at a hundred teams. I think we ended up with a hundred and two based on uh, based on where we were with the formulas. But uh, we've got one hundred two teams playing. It's split, split. Two Greenville's. Yeah, both Greenville Greenville Country Club courses. So we'll be at Chanticleer and Riverside. Uh, we'll do three divisions at Chanticleer and then two divisions at Riverside. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Good luck. Pretty special event. Um, yeah. Both challenging courses. Alternate but, uh, shot. Uh, yes. Hit yeah. switch alternate shot or pure. So select drive and okay. an alternate okay. shot. Yeah. Um, but it's a you know we're thankful that Greenville Country Club allows us to come up there and do it, especially with everything that they've got going on. Oh yeah. Uh, up there, plus coming off of of you know somewhat like we said earlier getting off getting over covid but uh greenville country club and their their membership and staff golf professionals they're they're amazing to work with and we're thankful to be up there again for for 2021 uh today's interview is with stan olenic but we do have an interview already recorded with craig harris the director of agronomy i guess you'd say it yeah yeah greenville country clubs yeah he's he's amazing at his job too Craig's good, man. Old roommate of mine. I, I'm a big fan of Craig. Yeah, he's a so. good guy. Actually, we're supposed to uh, – we'll be seeing him soon, so that'll be nice to, to, to see him and get to, get together with him again. Watch out for that dog, though. I know. That dog does not like me at that uh, – He doesn't like any. At that well. shop. At the yeah. first time I went down there, I had no clue, and that dog started coming after me. I, was, I immediately hopped in my cart and went as fast as I could. If I ever go back, I'll have dog treats in my pocket. Yeah. You know, well, you, dog's there. Sometimes you gotta, Sometimes you got to feed them to make friends. That's right. Uh, all right, so let's go on to our man, Stan Olenek from the Upstate, right? The Golf Club, SC, or the SC Golf Club. Just good dude, always supportive of the South Carolina Golf Association, Junior Golf Foundation, and all that stuff. So hangs out at the events. I know he shows up at your stuff. He does. He actually uh, I, he came to the four ball. I mean, he pretty much comes to the so- last three holes. Yeah, he comes to a ton of our stuff. I mean, whether it be, you know, Junior Golf Association, Junior Golf Foundation, uh, South Carolina Golf Association events, man, he does so much to cover golf in South Carolina, and we can't thank him enough for what he does to promote the game, promote the South Carolina Golf Association and all of our entities uh, within the office. And, I mean, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't promote ourselves more you know without a guy like that doing it and running across south carolina yeah good dude been at it a long time knows a lot has a lot of history so hope you enjoy this episode with stan olenic the palmetto shop is your one-stop shop for all of your logoed apparel promotional and marketing needs offering full service embroidery and screen printing for business athletic teams and personal needs along with a variety of gift options with our trademarked palmetto tree and moon you can find us on Facebook as Palmetto Shop, the web at thepalmettoshop.com, or call us at 803-252-5058. Stan Olenek, welcome to SCGA Off the Housel. Uh, thank you. Thank uh, you for joining us. No, look forward to it. When you called, I said, well, they must have run out of all the important people <laughs> no, to we talk were... to, and then I thought, well, they've only been doing it for a couple months, so... Yeah, yeah. I think it's you know. pretty cool. We we get to interview him instead of watching him interview other people. <laughs> I, I, well, that's one reason I wanted Stan to come on. Our fellows important because a lot of people probably see Stan and know Stan and recognize him, but unless they're winning the tournament, they probably don't get a chance to talk to you very much. You know, I well, uh, yeah, um, I, I probably know the last four holes on most golf courses better than any player uh, because. Um, you know, taking pictures and and doing video for and now doing video for the website. Um, you don't have to see them on the first tee, 
You're right. Um, you know, you kind of get a feel for what's going on when you're covering a tournament. And, you know, you'd like to get a good picture, uh, but uh, the thing I always tell people when I'm taking pictures, they always go, oh, take my picture, take my picture. I say, okay, but you got to remember that we can't see where the ball goes with a still camera. Yeah. So after you hit it, don't throw your club, don't make a face, don't say <laughs> something bad. Look like it striped 300 yeah, exactly. yards down the fairway. Yep. Yeah. You can <laughs> hold, hold the pose if you're getting hold the pose. Yeah. You got to look like you know what you're doing. You know? Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. I, that, I don't know. That's an aside, I think, that I've picked up over the years. So, so anyway. <clears throat> now that's, that's something I learned from you. Uh, and what, with what I do now is you don't have to be there for every necessarily every no. shot. Uh, you can cover it pretty good. Watch them come in. So we've got your paper here. Yes, sir. On the table. Celebrating your 30th year of publication. Wow. Well, we do, we'll get there. Okay. We're, we're on our way to a 30th. <laughs> I guess that's a little misleading. Yeah. It, uh, um, if we manage to make it through the year, we'll have completed 30 years. Yeah. And we're talking about the golf club. Yep. Stan Linux, the golf club. Yes. And on Twitter, that's at the, S, the golf yeah, club. The S. golf club. Yeah. The and golf club SC. Yeah. So. For people who aren't in the upstate or maybe don't know, have your publication. Tell us about it. Uh, well, let's you, see. Uh, you cover everything. Try to cover local golf. Um, right. Over the years, it's expanded from just being in the upstate to do more state things. Um, uh, when uh, upstate, the newspaper basically is circulated amongst about seventy courses in the upstate courses, golf businesses, et cetera. Yeah. Now, when the website kicked in about six years ago, that obviously changed things because now we get people from all over the Carolinas looking at things. I'll get a note from somebody saying, hey, how come you didn't mention the fourth player <laughs> in something in... Sea flight. Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, no, the, the idea was, was that uh, a long time ago, and it's even worse now, but newspapers, television, radio, just didn't cover much golf. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had gotten run off from a pretty good TV job, and I needed to do something. And uh, the uh, I had seen people trying to uh, do these kind of things in uh, Charlotte, in Myrtle Beach. There was a pretty good one for a while. And uh, the way I decided to try and do it was go out to clubs and see if clubs would be interested in having me come and cover a, a big event that they have, their member guests, their whatever it is, uh, write it up, take pictures for them, uh, put it in a newspaper and circulate it. Uh, that idea lasted about six weeks. Okay. Uh, the clubs just uh, at that point just said, what, why, why do we, we, we don't need that. Right. You know, th that isn't important. So then it shifted to trying to uh, actually cover golf news. And uh, it, the fact that there was virtually no coverage, um, you know, there were some spots. Uh, uh, Columbia did a pretty good job for a while. Uh, Charleston had a good golf writer for a while, uh, Tommy down there, Tommy yep. Braswell. Yep. Um, you know, and some of the older columnists would uh, occasionally dabble in golf. But for the most part, golf coverage was um, – the Masters, the Heritage. Yep, that's and then it. When Wells Fargo came along, or the Kemp, or whatever it was, <laughs> and and that was about it. And uh, you know that I I just thought that there was a market for it. The 
the thing that really kicked it off was uh, shortly after I got fired from television, uh, Vic Lipscomb, who was the pro at, uh, at Carolina, he's a Hall of Fame member yes, in the uh, SCGA, won the Carolinas Open. And I was at a, a barbecue or something, and his cousin came up to me and said, hey, you know, Vic won. And I said, yeah, that's great, you know. And he said, how come nobody is doing anything? How come nobody has got a report on it? Why isn't it in the paper? How come television didn't do anything? That's a big thing. And it still is, but 30 years ago it was even bigger. Sure. And uh, I started thinking, and, uh, you know, he said, well, you're not doing anything. You ought to do something. <laughs> I said, okay, well, thanks. And that's all I needed was somebody to say, go do it. But, you know, I fished around for a little while, tried to figure out what to do. And uh, um, I don't know if you remember Les Timms, who was a uh, sports editor at the Spartanburg Herald uh, and then became managing editor, was a friend, and he was out of the business at that point. And I talked it over with him because I didn't know how to do mechanical stuff you know put things together and that was something that he knew and his son knew and uh, uh, you know I could do the interviews and I had trouble writing because in television you don't write like you write for a newspaper so I had to kind of learn all that and uh, you know eventually just figured out a way to uh, produce the newspaper and took a shot at it and uh, we had uh, I used the royal we all the time I had some <laughs> success uh, getting it going. There were people who I had covered when I was working in television, uh, covering golf events and golf things. I, that was a big part of the coverage that I had. And uh, people were nice enough to remember that and took a chance on doing some advertising because the paper obviously needed that. It isn't a subscription base, it's an advertising base. And, uh, you know, 30 years later, you know, still slugging it out and, uh, you know, pounding it out. And this morning I was. Uh, Finishing up my uh, um, story on uh, the Clemson ACC win, yeah, and uh, uh, talking to the uh, young man who was the Southern Conference Player of the Year, and doing a story on a a, a great story on a guy who who started building a golf course 40 years ago, sold it, got it back, and has reworked it once again. And you know, there's just so many good stories out there that. Um, I think most golfers would enjoy, uh, but they don't have a chance because they're just not anywhere. No, nobody's nobody's doing them. Yeah. You well, know? you know, you get you get especially in the upstate or wherever you might be, but you kind of get lost in your own little world at your own little place, and sure, you don't really yeah. know what's going on. And I mean, I I know for me, I, I always whenever I'm in the upstate, I, I look for your paper and I grab it for that month's issue to see what's going. And just like this one here, I was looking at this morning uh, with Pickens Country Club. You know, going on over there with everything they've got going on. Yeah, that's uh, that that's going to be a big thing. People uh, haven't seen anything like that around yeah. here. Um, I went to the uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, Pickens Country Club has, like a lot of courses, had some difficulty. Um, different owners, different, uh, you know. A lot, of, a lot of golf courses got in trouble after the recession. Right. They, they, they either made bad business decisions or golf dropped off. And, um, you know, they, they made a bit of a comeback, but in order to keep it going, they had to sell off a corner of the course. Well, that took a, two or three holes out of it, so then they were playing a 14-hole golf course. And a bunch from... Uh, that does um, um, high-end RV, uh, mobile RV parks, stumbled across it and decided they wanted to try and build a RV park and a golf course. And so they're going to uh, shut down 
four or five holes, keep a nine-hole course, rebuild a clubhouse, build an executive par three, huh. and then turn the rest of it into a RV course. And I, I went to the meeting at, at Pickens, and this, I, I thought this was hysterical, was there were people in there who were kept asking them, well, now you're going to turn part of the course into a trailer park? <laughs> and, <laughs> nope. and, the, and the guys who were doing it were saying they, they had a slide up and they showed the trailers they're not trailers. Those are these super RVs. RVs yeah. million, you know, yeah. you spend zillions of dollars on them. Right. And um, and people said, well, you're going to let them put up tents? And, you know, the frame of reference was what we see around here for trailer parks and yeah. that kind of stuff. And it's, it's going to be completely different. And uh, so I'm kind of interested how that's going to turn out. And, hmm. you know, there are things like that that just keep popping up. Um, one of the stories that I'm, I'm trying to get enough time to get to is uh, in uh, Ware Shoals. Uh, I don't know. Oh, if yeah. I, uh, they're the old nine-hole Ware Shoals course, which, you know, if you hit the ball real hard, it, it roll forever, and it might end up in Greenwood. <laughs> you know, there was almost nothing there to stop a shot. Uh, a local company is refurbishing it and, and, huh. and building it up, and some of the pictures I've seen look amazing. I'm dying to get down there to, to do a story about that because it, it just is something that I think uh, is pretty interesting. One of the guys that works for us now, yeah, Michael, Michael McKee. I would think. Yeah, uh, sure. Michael came back. In fact, he played there last weekend. He was telling me about all the They got like nine billy bunkers out there now. I mean, that's kind of what yeah, stuff Well, the, as I understand that the, 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 the company that's doing it does billy bunkers all there over. Yeah. They've been doing it at uh, the Patriot. Yes. Uh, they, okay. They've been doing project. them and they did it at uh, I think they said it was a Charlotte Country Club converted, and I think they, they did all that. So, yeah, and if you don't know what a billy bunker is, look right. it up online. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. But uh, um, those are the kind of stories that, uh, uh, you know, are fun. I, I mean, I love the tournaments, but sure. I, I, I really enjoy telling the stories, and I, I hope I do a decent job with them uh, in the paper. I think that's one of the things where uh, I always tell myself uh, – the silver lining in getting run off from being a television sportscaster was at the time that I went, the, the business changed so dramatically you couldn't tell stories anymore. You could report a score and then get out of the way for the weatherman. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. and You're right. <laughs> beyond that, being a television reporter, that was it. You know, there, there really wasn't much, much else you could do, and it's much worse now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the kind of things that I enjoyed about sports, the people, the stories, you know, covering the big events, you know, I think some people get caught up. I, I always get a kick out of when uh, somebody in the media gets a job and they report what they covered. Like they had something to do with it. Right. You know, they were one of who knows how many that were there. <laughs> That's nothing special. I mean, there's tons of people who cover things. And I always got a kick out of that. But I enjoyed the, you know, the storytelling and the, and, and getting to know people, not, you know, that I wanted to know them, to invite them over for a barbecue or right. go somewhere and have a beer with them. I just, you know, I wanted to get to know them enough to where, you know, I could tell a story that they had and they trusted me enough that I wasn't going to, uh, you know, hold but, them out to dry or ring them out somewhere. That well, the stories you talk about, and you're right, because, I mean, you, you, there's a lot of places now in today's world you can go look and see results. Um, you know, we, we, oh, we yeah. have results yeah, everywhere. Absolutely. But, but people like you and Bob Spear, Bob Gillespie, Alan Blondine, uh, the Trip Bouts, uh, sure, the, 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 that tell yeah, these great. stories yeah. that, that, that 
you wouldn't know unless unless somebody like y'all are putting them out there for us. Well, you you know you hope so, but the thing that I worry about more than anything for the future, you know, and, and again after doing this for thirty years and other stuff for a long time, I'm not altogether one hundred percent certain where the future is going, but stories are disappearing from everything mm. in, in in it doesn't matter if it's uh, politics sports uh, religion whatever it is and the stories that golf has are what made golf special yeah now with everybody having a cell phone <laughs> nobody can do anything right you know it, the the least little thing that you do can be misinterpreted or twisted or whatever it is so the end result is is that you know quite honestly professional golfers are pretty colorless they there's nothing special about them uh, you can uh, you know a great skill level you know and I'm not uh, trying to diminish that sure. but in terms of, uh, of a story you know is there anybody as interesting as Fuzzy Zeller was <laughs> is there uh, Anybody who's as much of an oddball as uh, Hubert Green was. I mean, it, the 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 kinds of things that real golf fans enjoy knowing about guys, and, and I'm not talking about the salacious side or sure. the, uh, stuff where they got themselves in trouble, but just the oddities. A cell phone <laughs> video can take somebody who's doing something, you know, shooing a duck away, and turn it into an abusive situation. Right, you right. know, so. It, it it's it's sad because I think a lot of the stories that people have enjoyed over the years about golfers and players and situations and stuff like that, you're just not going to see them anymore. Well, I, you know, with this new forty million dollar incentive the PGA Tour has put out there, well, right? What is that? You, well, you, you might see some more oddities out there than we did. Before. I read that the other day, <laughs> and I remember a, a long, long time ago, and and I I went looking for it and I couldn't find it. But I felt in my mind that I once read a story that Arnold Palmer refused to take appearance money. That, you know, I mean, you could give him a hotel room or you could uh, give him a car or whatever it was. But in the early days, he wasn't going to, if you wanted him at a tournament, he was coming to play. He wasn't coming because you gave him $2,000 or $5,000, whatever it was. I hadn't been able to find that story, but, you know, that's one of those legends that I think is true. Uh, the couple times that I had the good fortune to be able to interview him, um, you know, that just would have seemed out of character for him. And I, I remember when I saw that, I, I put up a tweet saying, "What would you know, WWAP yeah. do? What would AP do? You know, that's funny. and and uh, that's just nuts. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the you know, how many yachts can you water ski behind? You know, I, I mean, and, and, you know, I understand that, you know, the, 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 the tour and, and professional golf is built around, what, 30, 40 players maybe, yeah. if, it's, if it's that much. And that the rest of the guys are, uh, you know, have their weeks, have their days. But for the most part, you know, they're there to, you know, it's, it's like, you're a big NASCAR guy. It's like, you know, number 30 to 43 in yeah. NASCAR, you know, <laughs> thanks for being here. You know, right. we, we appreciate you showing up. Yeah. But to, to reward these guys even more, and, you know, how much more attention are they going to get? 
you know, golf fans want to see him play golf. Yeah. It'd be interesting you know. to see if it lasts. Well, let's see well, what happens. I mean, it's, it's going to be – it'll be interesting to see if the trickle-down effect will be the phenomenon. Yeah, I, I, and again, I, you know, there's a lot of smart people who are running golf, a lot of really good good business people and, and smart people. And they must have found something that they think is is the reason for that. So, Well, I agree with Biff. Uh, I do not come to the upstate and not grab a copy of the golf club. And it's kind of – it's one of those staples, yeah. any golf shop you go into uh, – Maybe not at every golf shop, but and I'm sure you got other places other than golf, but other businesses. Well, no, actually, you know that I think that's if if there's been a disappointment that I've had in the in the time that I've run it is that I haven't had the skill, success, or uh, determination to make it expand beyond golf. I and hear you. It's uh, the people who support the paper are golf courses, golfers, golf projects, golf equipment, that sort of thing. Um, uh, <laughs> I guess an aside, you know, when I first started, I'd, I'd get uh, bars and restaurants to advertise. Uh, but, uh, you know, you'd go back to them three months later and nobody could remember that they put the ad in. Oh, and the wow. last guy who managed the place had been <laughs> gone for, you know, right. two, you know, so I just gave up on that. That was silly to, to try and do that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so just to... This is written for somebody who pays attention to local golf. Uh, I, I don't do a lot with uh, national stuff with pros, college, high school kids. Um, and then expand, ad, adding the website a few years ago, sccgolfclub.com, has uh, expanded the reach. You know, the, yep. the, the advertisers in the paper are people in the upstate because that's where the paper is distributed. But now the website, you know, has uh, got a good chance of, of, of reaching a lot more people you know, around the state. So I've tried to include more uh, state. You know, I'm still not covering the Charleston Municipal Project yeah. Championship, whatever it yeah. is. But if you know, if SCGA or CGA or somebody's got something going on in Charleston, I try and make sure I get that in there. Yeah, a major, you know. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, something important, sure. I know your history. Let's, let's bring our viewers into your personal history. Okay. And starting in Milwaukee, is that correct? I grew up in Wisconsin and Milwaukee, yeah. yep. I and was a, uh, um, just a kid uh, there, uh, in the south side of Milwaukee, <laughs> um, Polish neighborhood, played an accordion as a kid, nice. like, like you'd expect, <laughs> oh, right? Gosh. You know, that kind of stuff. That. Can you still uh, play the accordion yeah. if we got you one right now? Uh, no, but I'm, I've, I've uh, one of my, uh, I don't like to call it bucket list. I, I, I like to call it uh, a waiting achievement. Okay. is to learn how to play the piano. And I got a, uh, a keyboard about 10 years ago, and I finally pulled it out of the closet about a year ago. <laughs> and I signed up for some lessons, and I'm trying to learn. Oh, good for I you. I might be able to play the accordion, you know, two notes on it or something. Maybe That's the uh, Lichtenstein polka or something like that. <laughs> but uh, that uh, went to school there, uh, got into broadcasting uh, uh, there. On air uh, in Wisconsin? It, well, it was through the university. It was, you know, that kind of thing. But the university had an interesting relationship with a independent television station. Uh, we used to do the newscast for them. But it wasn't newscast like you see now with lots of film and that kind of stuff. It would basically come in and read the news. It would be like a radio newscast on television. So did that for a little while. Um, got a job in uh, Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Uh, out of school. I had three offers. One was from Casper, Wyoming. One was from 
Cincinnati, Ohio, and one was Jacksonville. And after growing up in Wisconsin, I said, I'm going where it's warm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so there, there was no question about that. Uh, worked there for a year, and uh, a thing called the World Football League came along, which was before the USFL, before all these things. This was in the uh, 70s. And I uh, got a job as the uh, uh, public relations SID, traveling secretary. You know, we had no staff, so everybody did everything. And uh, spent a year with them, and then the league went bust. And uh, <laughs> a guy that I worked with in uh, Jacksonville got a job in Spartanburg, and um, uh, he needed an assistant, he hired me. And about six months later, he left, and I got the job. And then I was the TV sportscaster in Spartanburg for... 13 years and I went to Channel uh, went to Greenville for about three years and then they ran me off and then I had to find something to do with the rest of my life and I uh, uh, had a friend in radio he, he had, took me to lunch after I got fired and he said uh, well what do you want to do what do you like doing I said well I like golf and football and he said well you ought to figure out a way to do something with that and I had seen the uh, Charlotte version of this paper and I thought well maybe I can do that and for football, I, uh, one of my trademarks for lack of a better way of describing it was uh, we did uh, invented super high school coverage. Uh, the, the station that I was at, um, I had great support from people, and we had the idea that our station was a bad number two in the ratings. Okay. And one of the ways that we could get out to see communities was to go to high school football games. I mean, what's more important in a local community than high school football on Friday night? Almost nothing. Sure. So we would go, and we'd shoot a little bit of highlights, and we did an expanded highlight thing on Friday night, and uh, did that for a few years, and eventually it caught on to where everybody in the Carolinas was doing it. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, um, people who were around then either give me credit or blame me for <laughs> the extra work that they had to do. But uh, when the... Uh, when I got run off, I thought, well, let's move that to radio because there's nobody uh, doing a high school scoreboard. So for the last 30 years, I've also done a Friday night high school football scoreboard on a network of stations around the upstate. Again, it's one of those things where if you're not in the upstate, you have no idea what's going on. But uh, <laughs> It's a call-in show. Know, uh, well, it, we Are do you, scores and we, we interview coaches. Okay. We, don't, uh, we don't take calls. We, you call we, the coaches. We, yeah, we, yeah. We thought we'd take calls. But the call started coming up, hey, Stan, how about them Burns Rebels? Ain't they something tonight? <laughs> and I go, yeah, they were great. Did you see the game? No, they, they just were something. You know, and so yeah. I said, yeah, we're not going to do that. I hear you. So we did that and um, the newspaper, and, and that's what's uh, kind of kept me going for the last 30 years. And the football show still going on? Yep. Well, yeah. we hope so. Every year we uh, never know. You know, last year was a bit of a tussle because yeah. nobody knew if high schools were going to play until well into September. Um, this year, uh, obviously, you know, thank goodness it looks like we're coming out of this. Yeah. And uh, we'll do that. And if they play, and, you know, I'd, I'd like to do it again. But not all of it's under my control. Some of it's got to do with the stations that we uh, – get to uh, sign on with us and uh, and those kind of things but yeah that I enjoy that uh, enjoy uh, talking to the coaches and and football and and that kind of thing and the one thing that I've always tried to do with uh, I guess if, if there's anything I'm really pleased with in throughout my career is the fact that 
whether it be football or golf or you know if I when I was an everyday reporter covering girls volleyball whatever it was I wanted to make sure that the people felt that they were getting a good story and that somebody wasn't just phoning it in for them that yeah. I wasn't there just because somebody had to be there I tried to make sure that you know if I interviewed a football coach on a high school level it was the same way as if I was interviewing uh, Danny Ford or, a, you know, that kind of thing. Respect the effort, uh, I think, is, is something that I've tried to do with all the stuff that I've been involved with. And, um, you know, hopefully that's uh, earned me a decent reputation. That people don't run away when I show up. So uh, There's no doubt. And, I, I appreciate that. So. And like I said, not everybody knows Stan Olenek personally. But the people, the good golfers who do end up doing your interviews that win uh, – the relationship they have hey stan you know it's well it's 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 nice to go in and and see a lot of people and and you know what's fun too is is to discover people uh you know that that sounds a little silly but um, uh, one of the things that i was doing uh, when i got your text this morning uh, was i was going through my picture files looking for the first picture i had of zach gordon yeah of uh, uh jacob bridgman yeah of kobe Patton. Of Trent Phillips, I've got a picture of and, and probably nine or ten years old, right? I got. <laughs> I mean, I got they were nine or ten of, of, of Phillips that I always tell them, like, you know, when when you get out there and you're making a zillion dollars, I'm going to blackmail the heck out of you <laughs> with this thing. But there's a picture of him being. Uh, I mean, he's as skinny as a straw, uh, big glasses, and he's in a chipping contest at the Blade. Um, oh, and when, the, when 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 the blade used the to Jay have these, uh, uh, yeah, these uh, uh, contests, uh, yeah, back when uh, big break things yeah. were coming yeah. along, yeah. and uh, he's chipping. They got him. Uh, the the contest was he and Jay were uh, chipping over this enormous wall, yeah, and Jay hit it a couple times, didn't do it, and Trent walked up. Pop it right over, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that kind of thing, and I, I got some pictures of that. And uh, uh, Zach Gordon, who you know, rightly so, is the hero of the uh, recent Clemson uh, NCAA championship. Uh, talked to him after he won uh, the orange jacket at uh, Pickens. Yeah. Was probably and, his biggest junior win. Was uh, well, he he won a. Uh, I think he won a match play, maybe a CGA match play okay. or, or something, but. Um, Nonetheless, he hadn't done anything before that, and I remember going out and, and uh, riding around, seeing who's doing what, and they said, "Well, that big tall kid over there is playing pretty well." Yeah. So I got some pictures of him, and then after the round, when he had his trophy, I said, "Come on over here. I want to visit with you a little bit." And I had my camera to do a video interview, and his mom and dad are great people. Yes. And they yes. were in the background, and they were just laughing. They said, "Well, I don't know what kind, what <laughs> what well, he doesn't talk much." Right. Right. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> And, yeah. uh, and uh, so I was trying to find the video of that. I was going to maybe That's put cool. it up online and embarrass some of these some of these guys. But um, that would be that would be a good video to put out. You know, it, it's been fun. I, I heck, I remember uh, I've been around long enough that when uh, Lucas Glover was a uh, high school player, he won a three A championship, and I remember taking his picture, and he was wearing an Alabama hat. Uh, and I said, "What?" I said, "I thought you were." He said, well, I don't know. Maybe not. You know <laughs> what he said. But it's uh, it, it's been fun to follow these guys and uh, on the upper level. But the guys who are just club golfers, the the ones who play in uh, I, the I, Budweiser, I call them. Well, I, I call them weekend beer term. 
performance. Yeah. You know, the two-day, 36-hole flight it after the first round, lunch included. Yeah. Uh, but you got to pay for your own driving range balls. Right. Uh, <laughs> those kind of tournaments. Those are fun to cover because you see some some amazing people out there and, and some amazing play. And that also is part of the newspaper and now transferred through the website because what I call that is refrigerator news. Okay. It is something where in the paper somebody wins something and they're not Lucas Glover, they're not Clemson, they're, they're not, uh, you know, somebody. And they'll get the paper, they'll cut out the story with the picture, they'll st- and the grandma will stick it on the refrigerator. I got you. And, you know, that, that kind of thing is, is fun to uh, yep. uh, say, well, you, uh, you took my picture at so-and-so. And, you know, it's kind of neat to know that. <laughs> to, to your point, because this is a lot of what we do with the South Carolina Golf Association and, and, and our marketing efforts and our social media, but everybody kind of likes to see themselves on, t- oh. on, a, on a screen or a camera or, or somewhere, especially if you don't have that opportunity very often. And so to see it in paper – or on the website. I mean, it's a it's, and at the down at the local level, that that's that's really yeah. Really, and, you know, one of the things that I, I wish I got more help from the from the uh, club pros is um, the newspapers always used to run a section holes in one. Remember, that's been gone for a long time. Right. I yeah. try and do it in mine, and it's it's it should be easier for them, but they've got a lot to do, and I understand that. Uh, but just uh, re- reporting them to you, you know, just all they got to do is just type it up and say, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Alan hit a hole in one on number right. six, so and so, and give me a couple names to go with it, right. uh, and that kind of stuff. And I, I wish more people would do that because I, I always that was something I always looked for in the paper. Well, uh, you know, we'll see if you know somebody if who I ever, just did something. If yeah. I ever make one, I'll call you. Well, go, all right. <laughs> thank you. Well, <laughs> the one that's going to lead the next issue is a guy who's been playing for 40 years, and he just made his first one. That's oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. I'm wow. 47. I haven't had one yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let, let, that, that's a battle across the states. We, we have a hole-in-one. You know, we, we ask people to send their hole-in. We'll send them a certificate, and, you know, we, we want to oh, yeah. recognize yeah. them. But we've got certain clubs that do it. But other than that, they got it's hard. It's a hard process. But for a while there, we thought the only place that uh, when I started doing this, I thought the only place that anybody made a hole in one was at the Walker course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, Brett Jessup out there was real good about yeah. making sure he always sent sent it over. And I'd have a list of five or six, and and uh, you know I'd go out somewhere and somebody'd pick up the paper and say, Hey, does anybody else make a hole in one? <laughs> If they do, it's you for, know. For us, it was Moss Creek. Moss Creek always yeah. sent in their hole in one. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it, and, and and those are the kind of things that uh, you know you enjoy doing. I, I I love doing the stories with the with the big stuff. I, I've I've enjoyed uh, visiting with the Clemson kids, for instance, this week about uh, you know their championship. But uh, another story that I'm doing for the next paper is uh, 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 50th anniversary of the J.P. Trainum. Uh, memorial now tournament uh, and if you're not from the upstate you probably have no idea but J.P. Trainum was a superintendent at Greenville Country Club when it moved from where it was St. Susie to where it is now again history uh, his family built the Paris Mountain Golf Course he was golf in Greenville for a long long time in his later years they decided to honor him by uh, creating a tournament and this is the 50th anniversary of it and 50 years ago, uh, it got started, and uh, it was a big deal. In, uh, in Greenville County, for instance, there was the Greenville Amateur, which was a big tournament, and then there was this one. So for golfers in Greenville, there was the Greenville Am, which was kind of like the U.S. Open, and then there was 
the J.P. Trainum, which was kind of the master's version uh-huh. of, of local tournaments. And again, if you're not into golf, you don't know much about that. But again, it's a good story. His family still, part of his family still involved in the course. Uh, Kyle Trainum. I was going to ask, how's Kyle, Kyle related? Kyle Trainum. That should be Kyle's from, grandfather. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it, 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 and Dillard, it is. Dillard Pruitt's and grandfather. Dillard Pruitt's grandfather, yeah. yeah. And they're, uh, uh, you know, those folks. And, uh, and of course, uh, uh, Dillard Trainum, who's, um, I think, I think he's one of your Hall of Fame guys, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He was, yeah. You know, he was a great player, and he, I think he was the only one who ever win the tournament four times and that kind of stuff. But, again, that's those are <sighs> – Stories that I think golfers would enjoy. I think people who have a sense of history enjoy. And I think, and this is my opinion, I think people who enjoy golf the most are the ones who can absorb the history and integrate it into what's going on now. Uh, One of the real frustrations I have is when you talk about a great player or a great incident or whatever it is, and somebody goes, I I don't know that. You know, and, yeah. uh, you know, you you worry that a lot of people think history started when they started paying attention, right? You right. know, but there's just that whole world back behind it that, that you can that, learn that from. Makes it interesting. You yeah, can learn and, from it, and uh, it, it it just adds to the. You know, if you if you've got a little history and you know a little bit about what goes on, I think it it makes it a little bit better for you. So, a few minutes ago, you said you've interviewed Arnold Palmer a couple of times. Yeah, what other "Quote unquote big names," and do you get nervous when you talk to somebody like that? Not, well, I know each person. You don't, you don't want to embarrass yourself. Obviously, you don't want to ask a <laughs> stupid question, and I've done that enough. I, oh, I uh, at a Masters, I remember Tom Watson not being happy with a question that I asked one time. What was um, that question? Uh, he had just won, I think, his second Masters, and uh, uh, the question was, "Is." Uh, um, you know, uh, Tom, I, I can't remember it exactly, but the the gist of it was, um, you know, this is a place where Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus are gods. You know, do you think now with this win that you're kind of on that level? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And uh, he was not happy. With wow. That. You know, so you but were... I think it's a reasonable question. It you is. Know, back then, uh, you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, does this, you know, cement your place in you know, the right. upper oh. echelon of, of things. And, you know, I think probably looking back now, you know, probably say, yeah. Do you know the dumb, do you remember the dumbest question you ever asked somebody? That you were like, as soon as it came out your mouth, you were like, there oh. is no dumb question, Alan. That's <laughs> only dumb answers. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're, believe me, I've sat in press conferences. There are a lot of dumb questions. I mean, there are an incredible amount of dumb questions and you you may find this surprising but some of the dumbest questions i've ever heard have been asked at the masters really and this is uh you know i i when i was in television i went down there i've never had credentials uh since i've started doing this that you know were too little for them right but in the early days uh Anybody who had a radio station, a small newspaper, anything would get a press pass to the Masters. And I'm saying early days. I'm when I started working in the late '70s and the '80s, and there'd be people in the press room who wouldn't know which end of the golf club to hold. Right. I mean, right. literally. But it was the Masters, and they were going to be there, whether they're coming for the pimento cheese or for the golf, whatever it was, they were going to be there, and they'd get called on, and they would ask some of the most 
you know, unbelievable questions. And, you know, some of the pros would kind of chuckle and, you know, kind of answer it. Some of them would get mad. Yeah. You know, some of them, you know, go whatever it was. And, you know, the, the veteran writers and, and, uh, and people who were there would look around and go, oh, God, <sighs> right. what is that? Uh, but, no, there's... there's <laughs> there are dumb questions. Oh, there's all yeah. kinds of them. You know, I think the, the, the classic um, one a, a long time ago uh, um, in, in all sports, maybe this might be the classic, it's the, the greatest dumb question, actually was asked by a South Carolina writer at a Super Bowl press conference when the Redskins, I think, were playing in the Super Bowl and Doug Williams was the quarterback. And uh, Doug Williams, black. Okay. The reporter from the state of South Carolina asked Doug Williams, how long have you been a black quarterback? Oh, God. Really? Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought that one kind of ranks in the <laughs> that is panacea of, of, of dumb questions. Man. But there's no – in a way, what you said is right. There's no dumb questions. Um, you know, there, there are things where you – you, you'll it. ask a question to to get a uh, uh, to get an answer that you you don't want to hear or thinks will fill in. It's something you might already know. It's something that might be general knowledge, but you want your yeah. uh, person that you're talking to to uh, you know uh, say what they you know what they mean. All right, let me let me twist that same question around okay. a little bit. Is there anybody? Is there anybody you've ever interviewed? You might not. You might just have to plead the fifth, and that's fine. Is there anybody you've ever interviewed? And as soon as you cut down, cut off the microphone and say, that's the last time I'm ever, ever interviewing them. Oh, yeah. Hubert Green. <laughs> oh, absolutely. What did that Hubert quick. Green? Yeah, I know that was <laughs> quick. Easy. He's, he's, he's right up there. He was, uh, and again, this is, again, a long, long time ago, and I, I, I wish I had some earlier or recent names, but he was on a run and, and playing well, and uh, uh, he had won like two or three tournaments leading into the Masters. And, uh, you know, we were standing around, and he was nice enough to come over and talk and, and stuff. And, and uh, uh, people were asking him questions. And uh, uh, that was at the time where golfers started taking the week off before the Masters. Okay. It was just starting up until that point. You know, they weren't making a lot of money, so they were going to play every week. Right. Well, uh, a lot of the people who, were con- who we thought would be contenders that year, um, this was when I was working in Jacksonville, um, um, thought they would be contenders and uh, um, took the week off. Uh, Hubert didn't. And, and uh, I said, uh, you know, Hubert, uh, a lot of the guys who you're probably going to, you know, compete with for the title here or for the, for the green jacket aren't playing this week. They're resting up for that. Um, did you give any thought to doing the same thing? And he looked at me and he said, you know, he said, when you're out here, you get a lot of advice. Most of it's from dumb, like mm-hmm. you. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And, uh, I think I know what I'm doing, and uh, I'm thinking, man, what the heck did I? I mean, right. You know, and again, so uh, based on that one instance, he is my favorite all time. <laughs> did you ever interview him again? No. Yeah. No. I hear you. Uh, another tough one was Curtis Strange. He was just about impossible. And he was one of the, actually the, the, one of the first stories that I did. In fact, the first story that I did when I came to uh, uh, Spartanburg to work in television was to cover the Furman Intercollegiate, and that was the year. Um, Watch the hand. Uh, that uh, 
uh, Haas, Strange, and uh, they either won the NCAA, I think, didn't Curtis win it one year and Jay won it the next year? Well, I don't anyway, know. Whatever it was. But the, the first uh, uh, story that I did was to go out there because they were nationally ranked. Uh, they were, I think they might have been the defending champions, and I went out there and uh, talked to uh, Jesse Haddock, who been in the news recently because of Larry Penley and his mm -hmm. you yeah. know, chase to uh, get the most career coaching wins, and then uh, talked to uh, the players and uh, to do a story, do an interview with them, and, and Jay was exactly the way he is today, and Curtis was exactly the way he is today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It, it was just, you know, uh, you know you're, you're playing great. What's your life? Well, right. Couldn't, couldn't bother. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, but I always thought it wasn't my job, or it was my job, uh, to create a situation where you ask a question that was reasonable, that could be answered, uh, that got some information. And if I didn't give them the kind of question that they felt comfortable with, that was my fault. I you know, you. and I don't want to say bad questions, but yeah, uh, you know, you, you, it's not their job all the time. I mean, now if they're promoting something or publishing something or that kind of thing, then they need to be a little more careful. But if you're just right. talking to somebody after a round or right. or getting some information, uh, you got to the, the questions. You got to do the job, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So and. Uh, you know, I hope they're all well, and and uh, I hold no hard feelings. But you know, there's enough people that want to talk to you. <laughs> there is when, when you're doing stories, you're, you're in the media. You don't have to go fight with people. Let me ask you something from my side of things, because I one of my hard things, you know, for a long time, we we didn't have a marketing director, and <clears throat> when we ran a golf tournament, yeah. and things were over, we had to write the recap, the story, sure. and. You know, I, I knew I knew our recap wasn't being taken directly to the papers necessarily. Sometimes they were, but I felt myself felt like I was writing the same thing over and over and over again. Do, do, you, do you ever find yourself in that? Uh, yeah, you catch yourself every right. once in a while. Yeah, you know, because uh, um, somebody wins, somebody loses. Yeah, uh, somebody makes a par, somebody bogeys a hole. That isn't <laughs> that doesn't you know, change. You, you you can't change that. But that know? interview helps with that process, right? So you can get some quotes in there. I mean, you can get kind well, of work that story yeah, it, a little it, bit. It, it, sure, it does. Like uh, um, you know, the uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, just recently, I covered a, a golf tournament uh, where a guy. Uh, could uh, could have won the tournament for his it was two man a Texas thing, and again another one of those kind of sure. better tournaments, uh, but uh, had a, a, a about a fifteen foot eagle putt on the last hole to wrap it up and just missed it really badly. I mean <laughs> it was it was one of those things not even close, so it went into a playoff and two holes later um, he made about a twenty five footer to win. So you know, what's the difference? What you know, you want to you want to talk to them and right. and and get the story, and that story could have been on the PGA tour, it could have been at your state am, it could have been at a high school tournament, it just happened to be on a weekend tournament. Yeah. But so, is there a similarity? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the stories kind of go the same way, right. and uh, you know, it's it's just a maybe a line or a quote or or something from. Uh, the people involved that make it a little bit different. Man, 
It's good to know. I mean, it's 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 one of those things, you know. As one of those, I, I I never forget. I think you put me in front of interviewing a, a one of our. I think it was Kevin King when he won at Catawassi yes, yes. for the seniors, and I'd never done it before, not not to that level. And, and I respect what you do to go out there and come up with the right questions, the right you know the right timing of the questions, and 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 to get the right information that you're looking for. I mean, it, it takes a, well, it takes some skill and knowledge. Well, it, it's much easier to talk to winners. Sure. They're, they want to talk to everyone, don't they? <laughs> uh, when you go up and now, – now, if this guy had uh, had lost the tournament, um, even on a club level, he wouldn't have been real happy when right. I walked over and said, hey, what happened on right. – you know, how did – you know, you've been draining those all day. What? what? Yeah. And, uh, you know, but you got to ask those questions. I, I, I remember a few years ago uh, when the uh, ACC tournament was uh, – Moved and it was played at Musgrove. Yep. And yep. Uh, uh, Bryson Nimmer was playing great, and he was in the last group, the last day, and had a chance to win, and didn't happen. Right. And uh, I had talked to him each of the days before, and uh, you know I could see he was down after not winning, and I said, uh, you know. <laughs> There's going to be more of these than the others. Sure. <laughs> you know, so sure. let's let's see if we can uh, you know get through with this without any casualties and and um, you know he he bucked right up and and stood up and and did it and I think I think most people have a professional attitude on that level. They understand that you're going to get some questions when things don't go necessarily well. Uh, it's not always easy to walk up yeah. and and ask somebody that you know, but. You know, and again, it depends. You know, sometimes people who don't succeed aren't nearly as interesting as the people who do. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a big part of the story unless somebody, you know, again, blows it, misses it, whatever it is. The The thing that I hate the most that I see in media is when people talk about somebody choking. Yes. No, nobody chokes. You know, I, I mean, in my mind, I don't care what sport it is nobody's out there to give it away. They're doing their best. They're yeah. trying their best. And when you say something like they choke or they blow it or whatever it is, that might be what the average fan sees when they're looking at it. But when you're around it, you know how hard you know these people are working for it. And that's just not a word that belongs. You know? Well, and I think, you know, and to that point, too, with your interviews and what have you, I, one of the things I'm proud of our Junior Golf Association and it's Paul Ruiard and Chris Miller that, that really started it and pushed it was, you know, when at whatever level, at whatever flight, whatever age group that you win. Yep, you stand up and say something. You stand something. up and say something. Absolutely. And I think, that's a, I think that's a game changer for a lot of these kids. I think they might not think much of it when they're 12 and 14, and they might hate every minute of it. By the time they're 17 and 18 years old, yep. and Alan, you've seen a lot of them. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it makes a difference. It does no, make and, a difference. No, and, you know, you know they can they can put some thoughts together and they they uh, they've got a, an idea of what they uh, what they accomplished and what it means and it also puts them in a position where and, and I've maintained this for a long time both as far as football and golf goes when you can elevate uh, uh, a young kid a, a kid a boy girl whatever it is athlete to where they're a little bit above you know where everybody else is that just kind of almost gives them a shot of responsibility now it doesn't work for everybody you know we yeah. we know a bunch that have uh, over the years <laughs> that have succeeded who are a pain in the butt and you just never care but most of them you know when they get that chance to get in that spotlight it's something they yeah. take to heart 
And they realize that from now on, I'm somebody who won something. People are going to be paying attention to me. I need to, yep. you know, set an example. And I think in golf, it's probably stronger in golf than it is in almost anything. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 impressive. All right, so for our listeners, yes, they can pick up the golf club physically. Yeah, at about sixty places around the upstate. We do. Do you deliver all those? <laughs> <laughs> he, he used to. He's got. I used help. to. I, I I finally got a little bit of help. Okay. I I think that's. Uh, uh, whenever I think about um, um, uh, not continuing, I guess would be the <laughs> best way to put it. I don't want to say retiring, but uh, it it would be that 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 makes a difference. I I mean, when I first started this thing, and I, I know you're at the end of it, but when I first started this thing, I delivered about seventy places uh, from. Uh, uh, Greenwood to Hendersonville to Seneca to Gaffney and, and and that kind of stuff and everybody goes well you're crazy just send them in the mail or get somebody to do it but the one thing that when I started this and I did for a long time was that's making a call on every golf course you're finding out what's going on there's stories there you walk in you say something to the pro or the guy at the counter hey what's going on anything good happening around here yeah you find tons of great stories that's true and uh you know, I miss that because there are some courses that I don't see. So the people who help me deliver, I exchange routes with them every once in a while so I can make sure I still uh, see some of those people. Nice. That's smart. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. But, yeah. And the other thing is is the website, scgolfclub.com, has made a difference, too, because that, uh, again, gets it out to, to a completely different audience. I, I'm sure you guys see this. Uh, the newspaper is the preferred method of information for people who are a little older, and uh, are reading stories a little bit different. Uh, the website, you put something on there about juniors and kids, and right. blows up. You Shared, know? yeah. And uh, it's going to take a couple more years, I think, before newspapers are completely gone. Yeah. Uh, but until then, I you know hope I can keep it doing it. Well, I certainly I thank you for doing what you do, and I also want to thank you per- publicly on air. For allowing me to tag along with you and, and teaching me. I mean, it's not like I've ever gone to work with you, but at tournaments you would allow me to eavesdrop and, and just uh, oh, well, that, learn I, I, about uh, osmosis. You're very kind. Uh, I never thought of you as being uh, uh, not prepared. I mean, you're right. always there. I think the only concern I ever had about you was we used to joke about you coming to work for me. Oh, yeah. I, I always used to maintain that I wasn't hiring anybody with a beard, uh, so uh, you know that allowed you to stay. <laughs> there was a there was a handful of years where I called Stan Boss. I was like, "Hey, Boss, how you doing? When am I coming you, to work?" You did that well, yeah. for my sake. Thanks for keeping that beard for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but it, uh, um, you know, and and not to do a mutual kind of thing, but over the years things have gotten easier because Biff, your organization, Jack Nance. Uh, CPGA have all gotten much more aware and much better about distributing information. Now, if that's learning how to use the internet better mm-hmm. or knowing what kind of people want to see, uh, that's made a world of difference and it's allowed me to expand things well beyond uh, what I used to get. It used to be if I couldn't see it, I couldn't write it, I couldn't put it out there. Now, uh, with, uh, again, cell phones, which are a problem for some people, uh, but, um, you know, you go on Twitter and you find pictures, you know, you make sure that you can use them. You do that same way with results. Uh, You contact people. In a lot of ways, things are easier, but 
the universe has also expanded to where people expect more. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's a little bit easier, but so people hard. want more. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of the challenge of, I think, anybody who's running an organization or working in media right now is, you know, satisfy the audience. And, and, Instantly. And, and especially golfers who most times already know <laughs> what happened well, or know wh- why something happened. And, uh, you know, they, they want to get the, the, you know, the facts and the extra details that you can provide for them. So. It's like live scoring. There's no going back no, now. Once you set the precedent, you've you know, got to keep going. People want yeah, to know. You just, you just think about uh, uh, golf stat. Yeah. I remember, you know, a few years ago I'd be out delivering papers and somebody would have a, a golf tournament going on. And, and they'd say, hey, did you see this? You, so-and-so. And you'd walk in. And now I find myself uh, – there are times where I'm following somebody or watching a tournament. I'll have golf stand on the computer, and sometimes I can stare at it, and I swear I can see what's going on. <laughs> I, I, I guess I've been at it long enough that my imagination That's can funny. do it. And I've seen enough of these guys so that if uh, um, I, I see a number and uh, I know it's uh, uh, you know the a, hole a, a player around here, or I know the hole or whatever it is, and I can almost visualize right. you know what's going on and. Uh, I think a lot of golfers are like that, and and that makes it fun and, and keeps it pretty interesting. I think well, that's awesome. So, Stan, thank you. Uh, oh, and glad real to quick, it. Stan, just just on behalf of the Golf Association Junior Golf, uh, thank you and all the local sports writers because I mean it's it's a it's a it's a it's a going away art, unfortunately. I think, but uh, but y'all y'all have made it. Y'all have kept us in 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 the presence of people at locally and statewide, and, and thank you for all the support you've given our associations. Well, you're always very kind, and, and you know, the, the last thing I'll leave you with is there are a lot of people who want to cover what you do. Their bosses don't. No, understood. <laughs> True. Understood. True. And uh. there's no shortage of people who want to be good sports writers, who want to cover local stories, but there is a shortage of where they can put it, yep. and, and that's the unfortunate yeah. thing. Let's tell them one more time. Twitter is... Uh, S- well, everything is based around SC Golf Club. Okay, uh, that's the website. Uh, uh, I get confused between the, the uh, Facebook page and the, and the Twitter page and that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, if you either look for Stan Olenik, O L E N I K, or the Golf Club, uh, you'll stumble into something that I'm doing. All right, this this is one thing Biff doesn't know. This is going to have to go wrap it up. Okay, that's not your real name. Uh, there's a letter missing. There is. A, I always thought there was a letter missing. There's a letter there's missing. A J in there somewhere. There's, yeah. It's uh, okay. It's O L E J N I K. When I, I know you're trying to wrap up. When I first came to Spartanburg, <laughs> um, the general manager there said your name is awfully ethnic. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a Polish kid. You know, so and so O L E J N I K. The secret is is that I have relatives who misspell it and can't pronounce it. Wow. But he said, uh, well, we think we ought to change your name for television. And I said, well, what do you think? And he said, uh, Stan Smith, that sounds good. And that was the time when Stan Smith was a big deal tennis player. I oh, said, I don't, I don't oh, think yeah. anybody's going to buy that. <laughs> I said, how about if I just take out the J and, you know, yeah. you know, people ought to be able to handle it. And he said, well, we'll try it. And then uh, about Here. a month later, he got fired, so I never had to worry about it after that. <laughs> but you stuck with it. You stuck with it. You dropped well, it. Well, it's, it's, it's there now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's there. It's uh, like Biff. I'm never going back to my real name. I can promise you, know, you that. Yeah, it's, uh, it, 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 it's 
no big deal. It's uh, people still have trouble with Olenek. You know, <laughs> yeah. they, they they still can't. Uh, I get uh, I get uh, Stano or Mister O or yeah. or something like that. the 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 worst thing that's happening to me now is I'm getting college kids referring to me as Mister. Yeah. And I keep going up to them and I tell them, guys, Mister was my father. Right. I'm Stan. And they go, well, I can't call you that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> and myself. I appreciate that. Kids are I, raised right. I yeah. just enjoy being Stan. So. Well, thank you, Stan. Well, Stan, thank you for being here with us. Well, you're very kind. Thanks. Enjoyed it. Yes, sir.